It took until mid-May, but the Mets finally lost a series, Figgy. We look back at the Mets dropping two or three to the Mariners at City Field. Jesse Winker's comments. And also, you got something to say to Paul Sewell, Jake? That freaking clown <laughs> made me mad. Plus McGill, the IL, a big Mets Cardinals series ahead. And of course, a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. It's all next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true, orange and blue, so amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks, it's out of here. We got you. Do you believe it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games. They teased no, they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't tease they you. Sweep. No, look at my brass cojones because I throw the ball. You like that, Spanish Academy? You can't talk to talk and not walk to walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. You want to know how real fan I am? I took out a personal load to go to the playoffs in 2015. If you're a real fan, a real fan, you say, so what? I've done enough scoreboard watching. The only scoreboard that matters is the one that's in front of our face. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. So let's talk about it next on Amazing But True. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube as well, where we've been posting full episodes of the show uncut unfiltered seeing us like you've never seen us before coming to a theater near you it's jake brown here alongside my co-host former mets pitcher and now staten island ferry hawks pitching coach nelson figaro follow the show at amazing but true follow me at jake brown radio and follow figgy at figgy ny no guest today but we'll take a trip to the Spanish Academy later. And Figgy, I will also do an outfit reveal to you. Uh-oh. Under this jersey, I have a funky new shirt that I've added to my collection. Oh, and boy. I'll get your reaction. And maybe it'll lead to it being the words of the week from the mm. Spanish Academy. So you're going to want to stay tuned to that. And you're going to want to watch to see this absurd shirt that I purchased that probably somewhere in Taiwan. Anyway, the <laughs> Mets lose a series, Figgy. Finally, it has happened. And it almost didn't happen. Pete Alonso had to swing about three pitches that were way outside. And we all thought that Cervais, Cerveza, Cerveis was crazy when he walked Lindor to load the bases and force a situation where you can't walk Pete Alonso. And he should have. And Alonso swung away. Right. The Mets lose the game. Are you already trying to go into Spanish mode? Scott Service? Yeah, service, surveys. I guess I got beer on my mind after the Rangers celebration and the Mets drinking alongside the Rangers at the Garden. How about that video that took off? But yeah, Figgy, I thought that was frustrating because you saw Marte two in a 0-2 pitch, swinging a pitch in the dirt. And we've been very positive about this team, but they did lose a series, so we got to be a little negative. And that ninth inning comeback showed, one, that this team does have fight. They don't quit. No quit in New York like the Rangers. But 
it shows that they got to be a little bit more patient with some of these pitches because they've been swinging at everything. It feels like. Yeah. Well, especially when it's a closer, the closers don't get paid to throw strikes. They get paid to throw the things that look like strikes and they're actually out of the strike zone, which is exactly what he did. What you're hoping is a little bit more plate discipline in that situation, knowing the situation, knowing that, you know, you've got uh, Marte is up with Lindor behind him. Now Lindor winds up uh, getting walked so that the bases are loaded for Pete. It seemed like, you know, this guy's asking for a heap load of trouble and you wanted Pete to be able to take advantage of it. But guys are closers in the big leagues because they have at times unhittable stuff. And we saw that right there because it wasn't in the strike zone at any point to be hit. You tip your cap in that situation, try to make adjustments and try and realize you have to simplify the game and slow everything down. Because in those big moments, one of the two contestants, whether it's the pitcher or the batter, their heart rate is pumping out of their chest because they want to do something special. And you could bet your ass it was Pete in that situation that just felt like if he could get one of those hanging in the zone, he would have hit it, you know, all the way to Astoria, but that was not to be. I love when you mention Astoria. It always pumps me up. Yeah, those sliders were nasty, but man, if he just, I mean, two of them were out. If he lays off one of them, this game is tied and that you felt like the momentum was in the Mets favor and they win that ball game. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. Good thing is the team didn't just die after Paul Seawald shut him out in the eighth inning. And this freaking loser. I mean, let's first cue up Gary Cohen's call because in the eighth inning, he kind of had a I don't hear you kind of motion with his with his hand to the fans. Let's hear the call after he got that scoreless eighth inning, courtesy of SNY. Oh, and Seawald, who was talking about how the fans didn't like him when he played for the Mets, now gesturing and wanted to hear what the fans have to say after he retired seven straight hitters in this series. I mean, Paul Seawald. <laughs> Here's the exact quote, Figgy. The fans were not the biggest fans of mine when I was here. So to do it in front of them, especially when they booed me coming in, it was a little extra motivation, a little bit extra excitement. The Mets gave up on me. And so it's pretty nice to get a little revenge. Listen, you bozo. The Mets didn't give up on you. Your ERA in four seasons with the Mets was disgraceful. 5.50. He gave up 90 earned runs in 147 and a third innings pitch. He was one in 14 with the Mets, including 0 and 6 in 2017, 0 and 7 in 2018. This guy sucked here. I mean, every time he had to come in the game, if it wasn't mop up duty, it was going to be mop up duty because the Mets would be losing in about five minutes. So to say the Mets gave up on you, your performance was bad and you got booed. For you to pick this, yourself into this villain, it seems like him and Jesse Winker, who we'll talk about in a little bit, love being the villains. Maybe they're not getting enough attention in their own city in Seattle that people don't love them enough that they feel the need to be hated by the Mets for you know his time here. You're going to get booed here when you bitch bad, Figgy. You, you know it well, Figgy. I mean, you were booed here. Not as bad as uh, Paul Seawald, I guess, <laughs> but you you'll you know, you have a side to this and something relatable to this story as well, where you might have punched back at the Mets. But I thought this was so wrong and such a clown move by Seawald pretending like the Mets gave up on him when he really just gave up when he got out of the mound for sucking so bad. So I don't want to hear this from Seawald. This is a joke. And how about. Paul Seawald becoming like villain number one of 2022. Maybe that's a good thing because we're never going to see him again because his team's not making the playoffs in Seattle. So enjoy, you know, waving to the fans. Wave. I'll be waving to you on the golf course in October. How about that? Well, what's his, what was his ERA when he went to Seattle that first year? It was sub four. He had a good ERA last year. Done well out in Seattle where there's 
absolutely zero pressure apparently. well i mean remember edwin diaz came from there and there was no pressure and he knocked out 57 saves and you got seawalt going there you got chris flexen even coming back from japan and pitching to a now he's a multi-millionaire starting pitcher and, and now he, he looks slim as hell looks like he's on a keto diet and so guys get out of new york and if you could survive the not just the fan base but the expectation level of new york Everything else is a walk in the park. I mean, I've played in a lot of different places and it's just there's nothing like the expectation level when you're in New York. And so for myself in that situation, when I came back, I was slated to make the team uh, that year. And we went down to the last day in Tampa Bay and I got told that I wasn't making the team. They're going to try and sneak me through waivers. And I was absolutely as unhappy as I could possibly be. I didn't know what I need, what more I needed to do to prove to this team that I should be in the big leagues with them and all the different roles I could film. I had thrown the complete game shutout in the last game in 2009. They didn't give me any opportunities in, in spring training to you know prove myself. They just kept saying, we know what you can do. We've got to see these other guys. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm making this team. No problem. Last day they called me in and they sent me out. And then I get sent out and figured if I cleared waivers, I wasn't going back because there was no reason for me to go back. If I wasn't good enough to make this team out of camp, then I wasn't going to sit around waiting for that opportunity again. It was a heartbreaking for me, but you know, it's that relationship, uh, the abusive relationship that you got to get out of. So I said, let me get out of here. Fortunately for me, the Phillies picked me up and I came back here the very first time. And when I pitched against the, the Mets, I had a, a one, two, three scoreless inning. The fans actually cheered. I tipped my cap to the fans and everything was great. Then I had some choice words that I said in the newspaper um, and some of them were misconstrued. Uh, the media has a way of doing that because I was talking to different media members about different things and guys were taking bits and pieces and adding it as a quote, like if it was one one run on quote to a question that he asked. So anyway, they said, you know, all these things about the Mets and how I, I said it was just very difficult with the Mets because I was a guy who, you know, just put up numbers every year, had great numbers in the minor leagues, but never got an opportunity to fail at the major league level. They had their guys that they loved and they would just call those guys up and they would leapfrog over guys that were just putting up numbers. So if you weren't a guy who was a high prospect or a high draft pick, or you didn't have a sponsor where, you know, one of the coaches or one of the front office members, you know, really loved you or drafted you, you weren't getting an opportunity. And it was very unfortunate because there was a guy at the time named Jesus Feliciano. Feliciano was batting 320 for like the last three seasons in AAA and never was getting an opportunity to get called up. They, they called up Daniel Murphy, who never played the outfield before. He was a third baseman by trade. He came up to us in AAA. He had one game and then they called him up and made him the left fielder and with the Mets. Now Murphy could hit, don't get me wrong, but Murphy was not the best defender and not a left fielder at all. So I had made a point of that. And, you know, the next day, all of a sudden I got booed so loud and I was just sitting in the bullpen and I was getting yelled at, rained down on, hey, figure you can't talk bad about the Mets. They gave you an opportunity. And then I kept saying, did they? Did they really? And the fans are like, yeah, but, you know, you can't. I said, I didn't say all those things. I did have an opinion about the way that things happened. And, you know, facts are facts because they didn't call up guys that were free agents that signed with them and put up numbers. They called up their guys that they wanted. So I could see where Seawald is going with it. And I could see, you know, when you're doing well, it's easy to do. If he had done poorly, damn right, he wouldn't have picked his ear up to, to do that. So to the victor go the spoils. And I got to give him a little bit of kudos for that because he knows he's not coming back here either. Tell us how you really feel. Have, have you gone through therapy for this figure? Listen, therapy is healthy. So if you have, that's a good thing. 
Have you spoke to your therapist about what happened? Oh, I, I didn't have to speak to my therapist. I've done a lot more dumber things later on in my career, too. I can attest that is true, uh, including working with me. I mean, that's, that's pretty dumb. <laughs> that's, pun- right? that's punishment enough right there. <laughs> Here's the exact quote. This is the New York Post Mets podcast. So it happened to be in another newspaper, uh, this quote. I don't know if we could say the other paper because they're competitors. So maybe we just say it's in another paper. Uh, while it's that one happens person, daily. Yeah, it happens daily and it's in the news. There you go. While it's one person's decision and it's a business. That's what they pay me the big bucks. They're shocked when you take it personally. It's hard to not. In two years, I gave them blood, sweat, and tears, my heart and soul. And it wasn't enough to make the team this year. If I would have cleared waivers, I told them I wasn't signing back. I shouldn't have had to prove that I belong to this team to have the rug pulled out from under you. You have to find a way to refocus. And there's no better way than first place. This Mm. clubhouse is different. Sounds like the Mets this year. They don't panic early in April when we have a two game losing streak and wonder if the manager is getting fired or the GM is getting fired. It's a good feeling to know there will be a tomorrow. Very interesting. There were other comments, but those were the big ones Mm -hmm. that you said. Well, Paul Seawald, you could shut the hell up. (laughs) Now, Jesse Winker is the other. I mean, Jesse Winker has been being a wanker over the weekend. Jesse Winker, uh, we'll call him here. But Jesse Winker, now this guy is becoming like a beloved kind of villain because of his comments he said about Mets fans. Hearts, let's cue up what Winka had to say about Mets fans. I'm going to be honest with you. I love them. They're, they are an amazing group of people. They are very passionate about their team and their city. And from a guy who, born in upstate New York, big fan of that football team up there. I can understand the passion. I respect it. And this thing we got going on is special. All right. There's a, there's many things to dissect there. First of all, don't really upstate New York to us. Stop. I mean, it's the same state, but I mean, it's different here. Don't talk about Bill's fans versus, you know, Jets, Giants, Mets fan. It's different, but I get what he's trying to say too. That makes you like him a little it bit. Is more the only, it is the only football team in New York. Oh, so. Here we go. I've heard that enough on Twitter. I don't need to hear it again, but it is true. I, I mean, let's move the, at least the Jets to Queens or Long Island, please. Let's, let's make that happen. And then I'll go to every game. Anyways, mm-hmm. you can hear that on the gangs all here podcast, but you know, Figgy, here's the problem. He's hitting 224 this year. I mean, he's been not very good, but it seems like all of his action comes against the Mets. He hits a three-run homer off Shreve. You know, Drew Smith struggles as well. Shreve and Smith finally come back down to earth. Mm -hmm. Drew Smith gave up his first run on Friday, then the homer on Sunday. Winker ties it Saturday before we got some Mazika magic, which we'll touch on a little bit. But, you know, Winker seems to be playing himself where he wants to be a Met. By July, he seems to be playing himself, knowing that the Mariners are probably going to be out of contention and maybe the Mets are looking for another bat, which we'll also touch on because I think this team does need another one. He's making it sound like he wants to be in New York. Well, he's from upstate New York. And, you know, those are kind of the things that you want to hear is that a guy can respect the fan base. Uh, One of the things that you have to realize when these guys are wanting to be villains or posing as villains or you you want to feed off that energy and, and that interaction People respect it. They don't curse him out anymore. They did when he was with the Reds the very first time that he did that. They were like, who do you think you are? But now when he comes in and into town and they see him, the, the fans, they interact with him in left field. He interacts back with them. He'll talk with, you know, different fans. He's one of those guys that kind of gets it, you know, about the fan interaction in New York, that if you can interact and dish it as well as you take it, then, you know, everybody's all happy with it. Remember, one of the most famous Met killers wound up naming his son Shea. 
That's Shipper Jones, who's a relevant base legendary baseball. Doesn't player. matter, but I'm just saying is that that's the kind of that's the kind of effect that the Mets fans have on you. It's true. Is, yeah. is that you you realize what a special part of your career it was, and you want to have some kind of memory of that. And he was a brave his whole career. And all you think about is his name his son Shay of all things. That's not an accident. That that's a a, a, a tremendous. Tip of the cap, respect towards Mets fans. And, you know, Winker is, is no different other than he's not very good at this point in time. He's been good for the Reds um, in bunches. But now, you know, he's a guy that will he ever, ever be a Met? Who knows? But I think the, the fan base kind of digs the interaction with him and they like to have some playful banter. It would make for a good story because, listen, this all started when he was on the Reds and he was waving bye bye to Mets yeah. fans. And then the next day, I remember because I was sitting behind the Reds dugout, he got thrown out of the game and then we were waving, waving bye bye, bye, bye. Back to yep. him. It was like an NSYNC music video. <laughs> and it was a lot of bye 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 bye. God, I wish NSYNC would come back. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I would donate a kidney to see them back on tour again. But yeah, I mean, Winker is coming from a villain to maybe a future Met. Uh, Mazika Magic was the thing we just mentioned as well. Big home run Saturday. And I got to say, by the way, Mets fans, of course, I don't go Saturday. I was very mad I didn't end up going. But I did. I've already opened out of the box because I did the, you know, the S&Y post, you know, collaboration. I hit the Pete Alonzo bobblehead giveaway. I was giving it to it by one of our listeners. Shout out to him, Mr. J.R. Moore on Twitter for giving me this. I'm going to give him tickets to a game in return for this bobblehead but best one they've ever had because it's a removable polar bear look at that doesn't doesn't fit on my big head but uh it's pretty cool i think this is and it's got the uh the bat with the uh i guess that's like ice 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 coming out of it holding the bat Uh uh uh-huh so this is this is going to be me when i do staten island uh batting practice (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can't wait for that that's uh, going to be, gonna be we talked talk about it with hearts. We're going to film the whole way there. The trip to Staten Island, the boat, we're going to have ferry beers and then maybe like tipsy will be in the, we'll be hitting batting practice, Nice, um, but might be the best bobblehead they've ever given out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, you got two different looks with it and Pete Alonzo, one of those dynamic players that it's just cool to have one of those, but the little, uh, little head thing is a nice touch. This, this is what can you uh, rotate. Can you rotate the bat so that the ball is underneath it? So it's like a swing and miss instead <laughs> of being hit. The bad falling thingy was the <laughs> implicating of him swinging and missing the pitch of the ninth inning. But yeah, probably the best promotion. Uh, I might break it. You think that's again. better than the than the big sexy like bobble body? You remember that one? The big sexy bobble yes. body. Why don't I remember that? Yes, Bartolo Colon. Hearts, a- can you pull up a picture of the big sexy bobble body? I don't have that one. I I collect the bobbleheads, but I didn't make a point to like go to every game. Now making a point for the sake of amazing but true for the people by the people to have every promotion. Although I didn't get the chalk on Sunday. That was the other one. They gave out chalk. You weren't impressed um, by the chalk at all. I remember that. Yeah, well, I wanted it because <laughs> do something with your leaves on the on the uh, <laughs> using leaves. If you heard last week's show, Hearts, did you find the uh, Bartolo Cologne picture? All right, here it is. Let's see. It's right here. It's it's tough to tell, but it was a giveaway. You can kind of see on his stomach on the bobblehead. It it wobbled. What is he standing on? Was he? Is that part of it on news? From hit. That was a that was a newspaper when he hit the home run. Oh, okay. I mean, that's cool. I still think the removable polar bear head is cooler, though. I think you lose like, that. I'm 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 counting like ten days max before you lose that. I'm not losing. I'm gonna bring it in studio. So unless someone robs us in the studio, we should. There it is. Look at the belly. Is that my <laughs> belly? Oh, that's Bartolo. <laughs> it's the level my belly's been getting to. I need to do a food shop. Anyways, Mazika Magic Hearts. Let's queue up 
Gary Cohen's call because Keith had a great reaction to it, too. And it was just so improbable because McCann's hurt, obviously, out to mid-June. Mets catchers aren't hitting anything. Another move that they might have to make. But Mazika Magic Part 3. Let's hear it. Mazika drives one deep right field down the line, and it's out of here! Oh, boy! Patrick Mazika puts the Mets back in front! <laughs> His second Major League home run. How about that? <laughs> But Mazika Magic, I mean, listen, it's the improbable guys. It's part of this Mets story, Figgy, that early in the week, it was cool. The whole team wore Jankowski shirts. Jankowski said, no one's going to have my jersey. They all pull up in a jersey, and now I want a a jersey of Jankowski. I hope that's a giveaway coming up this season. This team's camaraderie is there, and Mazika now being a part of it is pretty fun. Although I will say, the Mets, I think, have to get another catcher because I don't think Alvarez will be up this year. I think they need to add some depth there. That's one of the things that you're looking at with this team is that guys are starting to slow down a little bit. You have to figure out a better way to rotate guys in and out. You know, you rarely hear J.D. Davis's name. You rarely hear some of the other names. And guys are struggling. I mean, Dom Smith is struggling big time. And you want to keep him in there because it might click. He had a 4-for-4 four four game. And then I think it was been like a 1-for-20 since then. You look at Escobar. He's been struggling. Marte has been very, very streaky. Um, you know, he had the three hits that that one day and then the next day he struck out three times. They're starting to go through some spurts here where the, the offense is sputtering, but they're still wound up scoring seven runs in that game. So they're able to kind of that scrappiness that you love, the, you know, the, the fight in them to never give up. That's the kind of thing that you hold on to. But yeah, they're going through a rough patch right now. And with the injuries starting to pile up and you got now McGill going down. Uh, Jacob DeGrom's going to have another MRI here shortly. McCann, you know, gone again until June. You're hoping that this isn't the beginning of something bigger with all these injuries and they can find a way to kind of right the ship and, and get back to their winning ways. But finally lost a series. You can't take that away from them that they've gone this long of playing just solid baseball all the way around. So I think they'll, I think they'll be fine. Uh, just got to see if some of these guys can come out of these slumps. Yeah, there's a lot of people panicking. And listen, I get some of the panic. One, McGill, the injury, it sucks. You realize maybe that's why he gave the eight runs, you know, early in the week against the Nationals. Bicep tendonitis, I don't know, maybe you could explain that better, but no structural damage. Mm -hmm. I would imagine we see him back unless there's a setback sometime in June. And I imagine the Mets are really just going to take it slow with DeGrom. Late June seems like the earliest. I'd be a little surprised if they didn't just wait till the maybe the first weekend after the All-Star break to bring him back. Yeah, you're going to play it very, very cautiously with DeGrom. With uh, McGill, I think it's one of those things where it, this has been a lot of a lot of work on him. And I don't know if he was built up, um, you know, to be in this role so much as, you know, he was kind of planning on maybe being a bullpen piece, a long extended piece or down in AAA. All of a sudden, he's thrown into the mix of having to start. He's throwing a lot more pitches and a lot more off-speed pitches than he's used to, his changeup especially. It's, so the bicep tendonitis comes from overusage, um, and it just maybe could come from different grips. We're seeing his stuff move differently than last year. The first half, McGill, compared to second half, McGill, you're hoping that it wasn't the same kind of thing where these eight runs just got piled up on him. And it's like, oh, okay, we're back to second half, McGill again. Maybe it was just you know him dealing with the arm injury, not being able to finish his pitches and leaving too many pitches over the strike zone. But he was so consistent up until that point. This is when it starts to happen. Baseball is a law of averages. So you can't get too high and you can't get too low and just got to see how they come back.
And listen, David Peterson's getting his shot again. I mean, mm-hmm. we knew this team Figgy needed depth and we knew that guys like Peterson and McGill were going to get used. There was not mm-hmm. going to be, you know, a full season of no injuries. And so far, Peterson has been great. I mean, obviously limited sample size this year, but he's going to get his chance to shine again here because DeGrom, again, probably a month away. So we'll see David Peterson. Likely this week, we will see Trevor Williams in a double header on Tuesday. The Mets played it safe as we record this Monday night after they announced that there will be a double header on Tuesday and then Wednesday night game and then Thursday afternoon. And hopefully Mother Nature holds up. Now, the weather is getting hotter. It was humid over the weekend. It's become sweat towel season. Big series against the Cardinals because, you know, there could be some doubleheader flares coming out. It could be fireworks doubleheader. You know, this could be a playoff preview, Figgy. Cardinals are four games over. The Mets still entering Monday. Most wins in the NL. So I know some fans are panicking, but this team still has the most wins in the NL. I'm excited. This is going to be a good series at City Field. A nice little weekday series with some good weather. So it'll be a packed house at City, I would hope. Yeah, it should be a really good series. And, you know, once you get past the throwing back and forth at guys, um, and now you're looking for what's next, right? I'm not a big fan of beating people just to bean people. I'm, I'm really not because you go and do that, and then what's the retaliation? They hit Pete Alonzo, break his hand. He's out for two months, two and a half months. All for what? Did you win the series? Yes. And walk away with your head up high. And don't stoop down to that level. You know, I, I always like this idea of the intimidation factor. They never know when you're going to do it. Do you have to do it? There's no written rule that says you have to do it as soon as you play that team the next time. So it kind of put that in the back of their head that they never know when to expect it or who it's going to be. Everybody has to get into that box a little cautiously. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And, and especially when there's a guy that's no longer there. So it's like you can't exact revenge against that guy. And pitchers don't hit anymore. So... You know, there goes that idea of, you know, we'll take it out on him when he comes up to bat. So I think you're going to just see good old fashioned baseball because these two teams are hungry and they want to prove, you know, who's going to be the better team. And, you know, we might as well. We uh, beat them in their park. Let's see what can keep that going over in City Field. And Figgy, we knew this team was going to need help. By the way, great crowds over the weekend, 88 percent capacity, capacity. 38, nice. 4,076 Sunday, 37 plus Saturday. 36 plus Friday. So fans are packing the building, you know, Friday, there was no giveaway either. And they still got a solid crowd. So fans are showing up. Colin Holderman made his uh, MLB debut Sunday. Shout out Mm -hmm. to him. Uh, How about, you know, our favorite super smash character, Kirby. It seemed like the whole (laughs) left side of the field was Kirby fans from Rye, New York. Yeah. New York guy. So he had a lot of fans there and, but listen, we said this team's going to need help, and uh, we know they need a reliever. I mean, they're at the point they have to get an arm. You know, you, we could debate what names are there. Obviously, Hater would be great, but we'll see if the Brewers will even trade him because mm-hmm. they're going to be in playoff contention. They have got to get help. They're going to need help with the bat, too. If J.D. Davis and Dom Smith are, are not contributors, you got to think about D.H., outfield. All signs point to J.D. and not, you know, just dingers. J.D. Martinez. This is a guy in a last place Red Sox team. And, you know, we'll talk about this as the season goes on, but it's in 316. He's in a contract year. He could play a little first, a little outfield. He's not great defensively. He'll probably be more of your DH, but he could do a lot. He's a veteran. He's been there before. He's won a ring figgy. J.D. Martinez, to me, seems like a no-brainer. Now, you don't trade a top prospect for a rental, but the Mets should do whatever it takes to add that bat because – there's not a lot of power coming out of the side of this team outside of Alonzo, and they can use a guy that drives, runs in, and is better. And J.D. Martinez seems like the guy to start over J.D. Davis. 
Yeah, the Mets aren't hitting the ball out of the ballpark with much regularity. He'd be a perfect fit. Now, what are they going to get for, a you know, not even a full year rental? That's the problem. So they're probably going to ask for too much uh, early on. And there's definitely going to be other suitors. So they're going to price them pretty high just to see what they can get from whomever. I'm not willing to part with much of the Mets don't have a lot they have a few prospects that are very high valued. I'm not ready to give up on any of those prospects. And just to add uh, J.D. Martinez at this point, I don't think there's a panic mode yet and definitely not a panic mode when it comes to Buck Showalter. This team will find ways to to win and to continue to win and score runs. Um, the speed element is such a nice thing to have because you see like, you know, when, even when Marte is not hitting tremendously, if he gets on, he steals second base, ball gets thrown in the center field. All of a sudden, he's at third base, wild pitch, he scores, and no hit had to happen. That That's something that you're constantly aware of now with this team that's a, a very different element. I was also hearing that Wilson Contreras, they checked in with the Cubs about acquiring Wilson Contreras, but they wanted uh, Mauricio plus more, and that's probably a non-starter. Yeah, they need a catcher, man. I would love if they got someone, if not Contreras, maybe someone... Listen, the Cubs will be sellers, you would imagine, at the deadline. Mm -hmm. So maybe they, that price goes down. You're not parting with Alvarez. You're probably not parting with Beatty, although he might be one of the ones. Vientos is a guy that's up there. Maybe you part with him. Mauricio, again. Khalil Lee is a guy who could be on the market. So they don't have a ton, but they do have some guys that I would expect some teams want. But listen, we're so far from the trade deadline. I don't want to dive too much into that. But this team is showing that they're not having a lot of power. Lindor struggling. Escobar is, I mean, he might need a couple. This might be one of those Terry Collins special mental health days and take like three days off because he's mm -hmm. in 200 yeah. and he got the triple on Sunday. But I mean, he has been really bad. So you might have to think about sitting him, but we'll see. It's no time to panic. One series loss. God forbid they lose one freaking series and it comes down to Pete Alonso swinging at two pitches that were balls that would have tied. So nothing to worry about there. We'll get into some news and nuggets later. The Mets team bonding was a thing. And I posted the video of the guys chugging beers from the suite at Rangers game seven. Congrats to the Rangers for moving on to the second round. You know, people love that kind of stuff in contact because one Brandon Nimmo was the only one in the background, not drinking. And he's just going thumbs up and smiling. And you love that about Brandon Nimmo. He's the always smiles guy Two, You had Lindor sitting next to Jeff McNeil. And now they went from the raccoon to best friends. They went from raccoon to BFFs. They're chugging beers and they had a battle. I think McNeil beat Lindor. I think Lindor, though, was doing vodka. McNeil was doing beer. You had Guillaume behind them. Whoever's listening, if you have found out the mystery man next to Guillaume, I think it's one of his boys or something. I don't know if he works with the Mets. He, he looks like just maybe Guillaume's right-hand man. I don't know. But he is the mystery man. You had McCannon, McCannon, and then you had Chris Bassett, and you had Starling Martin. Now, a nugget for you. After the game at Tier Nanag, the bar I go to next to MSG, I didn't see Lindor, but I was told he was there. But I did see, sitting on the couch, casual as ever, Luis Guillaume and Jeff McNeil together. Lindor must have left, but he was there. And they were next to each other. So you're seeing some infield bonding figgy going on, which you love to see. And, uh, you know, I pounded McNeil, gave him the fist pound. And I said, as Guillaume was checking out, I'm like, come on, this guy should be free. He's on the first place Mets. But, you know, it's good to see these infielders together, Figgy, and now Lindor and McNeil are besties. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things when you're playing professional sports in a major market, when the other teams are playing and they're doing well, you definitely want to be around it. Um, that energy is very infectious. And you often see 
like teams, uh, that whole city seems to win at the same time. Boston was very famous for doing that kind of thing. It's it's a vibe. It definitely is a vibe because you want to catch that fever and, and then carry it on to your season and then have those fans join your fans. And even if they're not baseball fans, hey, we're all in New York and you get, you get that kind of vibe going. And so anytime that you're part of a team where that kind of element is around. You want to soak it up. You want to soak in with it because you know that people are saying the same thing. You know, you guys are next. You guys are next. We got your back kind of things like that. And it's a great feeling to have. In the words of the great philosopher, two chains is a vibe. Indeed. Figgy, nicely done. I know you set that one up on a silver platter for me, but yeah, that was, that was cool to see. It's also like a bar where you just don't expect Mets players to be at. It's, it's a great spot. I go there after games, but you're like, why are they here and not at like one Oak or a marquee or something? But uh, luckily the weather said no Pedialyte for you guys this morning. You guys could hang out and chill and, <laughs> and be hung over and be just fine because you will play on Tuesday. All right. Well, I'll have a couple of news and nuggets in the close, but coming up next on amazing, but true. We take a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Big night night. Shakira's here. That's what I'm hearing. She better come down. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Bienvenidos, mi gente. We are now entering the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Dieta restringida. Oh, my God. Dieta. Is that even Spanish? Oh, did I just roll my R? I think you rolled a T. It was awful. <laughs> Manejando borracho. Manejando borracho. Why did it sound like you got zapped? Well, I'm trying to switch up the tongue rotations and mm. get it, get the tongue right. You got to believe. Tienes que creer. Tienes que creer. You make it sound so good. I just can't roll the R, but otherwise. Awful. Bore, tienes que creer. Amen. How do you say amen? Uh, you just said it. I can't remember this stuff. It is hard. You just say yes. We, uh, si. There you go. I knew you could do it. Bienvenidos, mi gente. Estamos en la Academia de Español de Nelson Figueroa. Jake has no idea what I just said, but welcome to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. I am your host and my one and only student. We have guest students every now and then because they're way better than Jake, but Jake apparently has show and tell first. Show and tell, yes. So I will now show you. So it is an XL, but it ended up being a little tight. So <laughs> the Taiwan, the Taiwan sizing is a little different, I think, because you better stop buying things off Wish, dude. That's where I got it. Wish. This is the first thing I've ever ordered off there. Uh, and no wonder why it was only like eight dollars. But <laughs> so in the theme of baseball, and everyone likes cereal. Why not combine the two? Uh-oh. So you know, I do love Captain Crunch. Now it's. Home run crunch. Looks what? like I'm, I'm joining uh, Lance Armstrong in the uh, Tour de France. Holy cow. Look at this. Electric. Uh, Voltaic. <laughs> Voltaic. Now look, Here's... this says bat and ball shaped pieces. I need to find this cereal. It's uh, All I want to know is please don't wear like the spandex shorts and go bike riding with that thing on. 
I have matching shorts. Oh my god! Hold on, I'm gonna be right back. You guys talk. I'll see if I can find them. <laughs> I don't even know what to say at this point. This is what happens when you give someone too much money. Listen, I get it. He works hard for this, but did he learn nothing from the bar mitzvah money? No, clearly. Not. <laughs> right? He took the bar mitzvah money and spent it all in like three days, and now here we sit, 18 years later, because he's 31 now. And what is he doing? He got the matching shorts to that abomination. And there it is. I found I found where the crunch balls are. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh god. Uh, Home run crunch. Please tell me which game you're gonna wear that to, because I'm not gonna be anywhere near the stadium that day. <laughs> There's no shot in hell I'm being caught. Let, let me tell you something. Do you know how far from the suites you're gonna sit that day? For what? What day? The day you wear that outfit at the ballpark. Uh, it's not meant for public. So. <laughs> <laughs> Too I bad. To... The, inter- the internet is forever, Jacob. That was a workout. I went through all my dirty clothes and ended up wait, being in my wait drawer. Till, wait till we get the next voicemail from your mother. Jake, why were you wearing those stupid clothes? Yeah, these were uh, tight. Anyways, you want to give oh, them a rating? Boy. 6.9? Oh, God. No, I wouldn't even disrespect the uh, manufacturer with a rating for that low. Good God. All right. Back to the Spanish Academy. Right, so uh, wait, you have to you have to add this to the home run crunch. That's that should be the first one. Crunch the home run. Crunch the home run. No, no. Why do you get French on me every time? Crunch the home run. Crunch the home run. Nah, not bad. You almost rolled it too. All right. First word. Uh, we'll go with Paul Seawald and his taunting. Ooh. His taunting. Taunting is a very easy word. Berlandose. They're going to say burlesque. I was like, huh? <laughs> say it again. Berlandose. Berlandose? Not berlandose. 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 I just not did bad. a deeper voice there, but the same no, thing. No. <laughs> uh, it, it, se. S-E is se. Like Berlandese. Berlandese. Yep. How do you spell that? B-U-R-L-A-N-D-O-S-E. Berlandese. Berlandese. All right. right. That does not match the word. It's like something completely different. Taunting. All right. right. Berlandese. Home run de crunch. Crunch de home run. And Berlandese. And now we have the very last thing of Seawald's mannerisms was the I can't hear you taunt. So no puedo escucharte. Uno more time. (laughs) No puedo escucharte. No puedo. De- whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Why is your mouth formed that shit? No puedo. No Pedro. No, no, not Pedro. No we'll puedo. Pedro later. No puedo escucharte. No puedo. Not Plato. No puedo. Puedo. Like P-U-E-D-O. Puedo. Puedo. <laughs> no puedo. No puedo. No, 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 no puedo. No puedo escucharte. Escuchache? No, escucharte. Cucharte? Escucharte. No puedo de escucharte. Oh, no, no de. No de. Let's not get crazy. Don't, oh. don't add things to it. It only okay. makes it harder for you. No puedo, no puedo escucharte. No puedo escucharte. Nice. Now all together, go. No puedo escucharte. Cucharche. <laughs> Sharknado. Cucharche. How do we get the Sharknado? <laughs> it's, it sounds like a no puedo escucharte. That's good. That's good. I'm not. Uh, this has been one of your best efforts. All right. Let's, lie. let's have hearts give a try at these three. All right, hearts. Baseball crunch or home run crunch. Crunch de home run. Home run. Home run. H-O-N. Crunch de home run. 
Oh, <laughs> watch yourself. Nacho yeah. Libre in the building. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> seven years of public school. No, or three years of public school. He said seven years of public <laughs> Graduated in seven years. Exactly. Yeah. What are you, a baby genius? What yes, you know, okay, Great movie. You. All right. You, I think you rolled the H there. Crunch the home run. <laughs> Crunch the home run. Burandose. Did he need to roll that R there? Not necessarily. Burandose. 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 And then the last one was? No puedo. Escucharte. No puedo escucharte. I think that's A pluses across the board here. The Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy will close up this edition of Amazing But True next. Things come to my mind when I think about it. All right, Figgy, that'll say goodnight to episode 104 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Quite the eventful episode. Thanks to you, Jake and Andrew Hartz, for producing the show. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating, write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow as well on Twitter at Amazing But True. Figgy, a little nugget before we wrap up this week's edition of the show. They are really bringing out a cavalcade of stars. There's an SAT word for you, cavalcade. Pedro Martinez has been added to Old Timers Day, August 27th. Now, clearly, they will. you imagine this game will sell out. It's far from sold out now, but he's on there. Craig Carton says that Wally Backman will be part of it and playing, which makes sense. He's managing the Ducks, who you guys will play this week in the Battle of the Belts. Although I will say the Long Island is better, but for you guys, I, I hope you do well. What do you mean? They're, they're not even 500. Well, I'm saying the, the, oh, the as a location to visit. Ah, uh, location you know, there's, to visit. Because that's not even New York either. You know that, right? Just like Buffalo. You got a beach, though. It's Buffalo. It's, I mean, it's it's just not a borough. But I would replace Staten Island with Long Island as a borough. But that's a story for another show. Well, Backman will play. Now, Mookie Wilson told us he will play. David Wright will not. But how about Pedro added to the list? It seems like uh, we might have a, a nice list going here. Yeah, it's going to be a fun list. And I think, you know, they're going to try and maximize the fans been longing for something like this for quite some time. So the more guys that they add, the more fun it's going to be. How competitive of a game will it be? Like, you know, I wonder if it's going to be actually softball instead of baseball at this point, because some of the names, I can't imagine them, you know, throwing a baseball, running around or trying to uh, avoid injury more so than anything, because they probably haven't played in a long, long while. Doing fantasy camp. I get to see a lot of these guys. And I know Mookie, like I said, he still can play. He still hit a triple and round the bases as quick as anybody. So it'll be a lot of fun, man. I think it's a, a great idea. And Stevie Cohen, again, doesn't disappoint. Yeah, and you have guys like Howard Johnson and Billy Wagner on there as well. And I'm sure we'll get more names as the list go on. And we'll find out if they do invite Lenny Dykstra. Now, listen, you can't say Mets history without Lenny Dykstra, uh, but you also can't say lunatic without Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> can't spell lunatic without an L when you can't spell without Lenny Dykstra. Well, listen, I think if he gets invited, he's going to play. I think you got to do it. And for the sake of content and for the sake of content for our pod, I would love to see Lenny out there, but my gut would say that they say no to him, but we'll see. He's been, you know, jail free for four years now, as he calls it, 48 months. He counts it month by month. Would you like to see Lenny play? I mean, you were a Mets fan of A6. No, oh, of course. I mean, uh, Lenny, Lenny, the player, was an enigmatic player. He was a guy that, with the name Nails, he exemplified that. Threw himself all over the place, dove everywhere, played hard-nosed baseball. That's what the 86 Mets were known for. So, yes, he typified that, that kind of era for the Mets. However, since that time, you know, a lot of things have gone, and he's burned some bridges along the way. So that's why it would be, I don't know if they would be willing to reach out, and he would have to kind of make amends more so than anything, and we've never seen Lenny back down from anyone. He's burned more than bridges. Uh, I was like, <laughs> <laughs>
allegedly. <laughs> I need to actually, well, I, it's a guy I've had in studio on my past podcast multiple times and, you know, still owes me, I think, $20 for a taxi because he lost his wallet the one time he came in uh, studio with us and uh, we'll leave it at that. Well, thanks everybody for listening to Amazing But True. We got four against the Cardinals this week and then off to Colorado. Speaking of fires and smoking something, the Mets will go to Colorado to the mile high city to take on the Rockies in what should be a fun series. I believe the seven line is making their way out there. So that'll be fun for them. I will not be making my way out there, but looking forward to seeing the fans out there. For Nelson Figueroa, Andrew Hartz, I am Jake Brown. We will return next Monday with another edition of the program. And yes, we were supposed to cover the game Monday, but rain got in the way. So we'll keep you tuned into when the next one is that we will be at and covering. Thanks for listening to Amazing But True. And as always, Figgy, let's go Mets. Hey, Jake Brown, man. What's up, man? Lenny, I saw, I saw you blew up, dude. I told you, bro. People with nails hit the hammer.